We are in this series called I Am. Who does Jesus say that you are? Who does Jesus say I am? One thing I've noticed in life is that all of us, every person I've ever met, deep down inside, has a desire to feel secure. Uh, I believe it's a natural God-given thing. We want to feel secure. We want to know that no matter what life throws at us, whether it's economic, political, relational, if we face a natural disaster, whatever it is that somehow through it all, we're going to be secure in the midst of it. And, and the desire to want a sense of security isn't wrong. I believe, like I said, it's God-given. The, the issue is, where do we look for our security? If we look for it primarily from anything or anyone other than God, ultimately, it will lead to insecurity. Why? Because God's the only one who's eternal. God's the only one who's unchanging. God's the only one that's unshakable. So if we look for our security in temporal things, in temporary things, in fleeting things, it by definition leads to insecurity because we know it is not rock solid. But if our security is anchored to God, then no matter what comes, no matter what hits us, no matter what we go through, we know that we're secure. So in this whole series, as I said, we're looking at what Jesus uh, says about us. Who does he say I am? Who does he say you are? We're taking the question that he asked his closest followers in Matthew 16 and turning it back on ourselves. He asked them, who do you say that I am? And so in this series, we're saying, who does Jesus say that I am, and we started by looking at the fact that he says that you and I, we are um, accepted as his children. We are accepted as his children. Then last week, we looked at the fact that we are free from condemnation. And this morning, what we're going to learn is this, that I am secure in Christ, that you and I are secure in Christ, that no matter what happens, we're secure in Christ. So, I have this slide twice, so you can skip the next slide. That would be, there we go. Thank you. Um, so what we need to do is we need to get to the point where we understand that things are going to happen in life, but where do we find our security? Who do we look for our security in? So Paul is writing to uh, Christians uh, all throughout the, the region there in the Middle East, the, the whole uh, realm. He's traveled. Paul was an apostle and... Um, we're going to look at a number of the things that he wrote to different churches, but it centers in on the whole fact that we find our security in Christ and in Christ alone. So this is what he wrote to the Christians in Rome. He says, who can separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or trouble or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? And then he says, no, none of those things. None of those things can separate us. I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor demons, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Now, it might seem like that last two words, our Lord, is just a throw on, but it's not. That is so critical. You can't find security in Christ if Christ isn't your Lord. In other words, you can't find security in an everlasting, eternal God until you turn to him in faith. You have to say, I am surrendering my life to him in order to walk and experience the security he offers you. 
There is no security in God apart from a relationship with God, and that relationship with God is found through the love and sacrifice of Jesus Christ, who died for your sins and was raised from the dead on the third day. It's what we celebrate when Easter rolls around in just about a, a month or so. Um, and that's, that's the heart of the matter. You can't have that security apart from Jesus. But what Paul's driving home is that you and I are secure. It doesn't matter what's in your past. It doesn't matter what you're facing. It doesn't matter what your future holds. You are secure. There's nothing, 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 nothing that can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. It doesn't matter who, they, who says it, what they say, what they do. It doesn't matter what you face. It doesn't matter what happens. You are secure because you are loved. Now, that leads to a question that many people will say. They'll say, okay, pastor, theoretically, I can understand this. I'm loved and I'm secure. But then how come I'm facing this sickness? How come I'm wrestling with this disease? How come my husband walked out on me? How come I'm struggling with mental illness? How come my finances have all been wiped out? How come this accident happened? You tell me I'm loved and I'm secure. I don't feel loved and secure. That's a fair question. The answer is the fact that if you are looking at your security in the human experience, you're really not looking for your security in God. In other words, things will happen in life. This life is, uh, in, in 2 Corinthians 4.17, it says these are momentary light afflictions, and they're preparing us for the eternal life to come. So if you're looking at the things around you and say, all this stuff is happening, and so therefore I'm not secure, it's because you're looking at the temporal life, the, the fleetingness of life. You're looking at the world in which we live. And in this world, Jesus said this. He said, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. In this world, you're going to face difficulties. In this world, you're going to face trials. In this world, as Paul said, you're going to face difficulties and famine. There's going to be uh, spiritual attacks. There's going to be personal attacks. There are going to be things that come against you and conspire against you. You're going to go through some really, 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 really hard things. But if you think because I'm going through hard things, I'm not secure, it's because your focus of security is based on temporal things on this world. And if you're looking for it in things that are fleeting, in things that are elusive, in things that are shakable, then ultimately you will feel insecure. So what we need to realize is that our security is based on the eternal uh, God who's unshakable, not the temporary things of this life that we're going to all have to endure. It's part of the human experience. I wish it wasn't. I wish I could tell you you're never going to go through hard times. Come to Christ, you should... The safety that we find, the security that we find in Christ is that we are secure in God's hand, not that we are safe from difficulties. So what does that mean? It means that your security is anchored to Christ. Your security in Christ is based on God's power, not your ability. 
Not your life, not your ability, not your ability to mitigate disasters and, and avoid it, not your ability to, to make sure that you have a diversified enough portfolio so that you never have economic disaster, not your ability to earn enough wealth that you could say, now I'm secure because look how much money I have, not in your ability to control every situation and to keep your kids safe and wrap them in bubble wrap and make sure that they'll never be in a car accident because that would just devastate me. That's not life. Your ability to keep yourself safe, if that is what you're basing your security on, you will be disappointed every time. It's not your ability to keep yourself secure. It's God's strength. It's God's power. This is why Jesus said the following. He said, nothing, nothing or no one can steal them, my followers. Nothing can snatch them, steal them, tear them away from my hand. No one is powerful enough to snatch them from my Father's hand. It's all based on God's power, not your ability. And so we have to begin to say, okay, my security is not based on the temporal things. It's not based on my, my ability, my strength, what I can do. It's based on who God is. And all of a sudden, when you go through things, you realize I'm going through them but I'm safe. See, being safe in God's hand doesn't mean, being secure in God's hand doesn't mean you're not going to go through things. It's a guarantee that nothing will remove you from his hand. So you have to begin to shift how you view security. Security isn't based on what you're going through in life. Security is based on where you're going at the end of this life. So you can think about it like this. The key to living secure in Christ is having an eternal perspective. If your security is based on anything other than an eternal, unshakable, unchanging God, then your security will always be fleeting. It will always be elusive. It will always be um, problematic. See, we live in a world that is not safe. It, there's, just, there's things that are going to happen, and you're going to feel uh, unsettled because you don't like who's in the White House. And it doesn't matter what administration it is. I don't like any of them. Um, you don't like who's in the White House. You don't like the policies that are passed. You don't like the societal pressures that are happening. There's, uh, there's a pending, uh, you read the headlines, there's a pending recession. There's hyperinflation. There's a possible war that's looming. There's natural disasters. All these things. And you look at it, if your security is based on all this stuff, you're going to constantly feel insecure. But if you say, okay, that stuff's going to happen. That's part of life. But God is eternal. God is unchanging. I can anchor my security to him. I know people that want to anchor their security not to the eternal God, but they want to anchor their security to people, to relationships. If I, I'm secure in my marriage. I'm secure in my family. I'm secure in my friendships. Please, please hear me. We ought to find a sense of security in those things. There's nothing wrong with that. But even, listen, a healthy marriage, a healthy relationship, a healthy friendship that exhibits things like trust, sacrifice, loyalty, dedication, those things do bring a sense of security, and they ought to. But we also have to remember, even in the best, most, most healthy relationships, there's a sense of um, finiteness. Right? What, what, what do we even say in a wedding vow? 
for better, for worse, for richer, poorer, in sickness and health, till do us what? Part. We know at some point our spouse is going to leave us. We hope it's not through abandonment that they, they divorce us and they leave us in that sense. But in the back of our minds, we know at some point he or she is not going to be here. And unless we both get taken out at the same exact moment, there's going to be that time when I'm left alone. I have talked to so many widows and widowers, and what they'll say to me is something along the lines of, Pastor, I just can't believe that she left me. Why did he leave me? So even a great relationship has a sense that it's finite, and so it brings a sense of insecurity. A great friendship, even a great friendship, well, what, but what if I say the wrong thing? What if I behave the wrong way? They'll reject me. They'll leave me. I know friends that are very hesitant to say, hey, you know, we both want to kind of uh, move out of our parents' home. Let's get an apartment together, and they're, they're hesitant to do that because what if my friend decides to leave and hold me hanging, uh, leave, and, and leave me hanging with the uh, entire lease, the entire rent. Because there's not a guarantee that they're going to stick through everything. I know employers that are worried about their staff leaving. And I know employees that are worried about getting fired. I know parents that are just scared out of their mind that their kids are going to leave them. And children who can't rest secure knowing that they are accepted. They think they're just tolerated and they're worried at some point mom and dad are going to reject them. Because we can't anchor our security to human relationships. Listen, I love the relationships that I have and I am so thankful for them from my wife to my kids to my parents to my friends. They are a great source of security but they are not my ultimate security because I know at a moment any one of them can be gone. But I know that God will never leave me. He is my ultimate source of security. I know people that want to say, okay, I'm not going to base it on the temporal things of this life and I'm not going to base it on relationships. I'm going to find my security in me. You're the biggest fool of all. Why do I say that? Because this is what the Bible says. Anyone who puts confidence only in himself is a fool. Listen, you, you ought to have a sense of self-confidence. You ought to say, God has given me gifts and abilities, given me a mind to think. He's given me talents. I'm going to use those things, and I can, with those, uh, help to create some avenues where I can bring some stability into my life and into the lives of others. But ultimately, my security and my confidence isn't in myself. If I think I'm always have to be the smartest person in the room, guess what? You're not. I've got to always have all the answers. I can figure it out. I can make an answer for everything. I can find a solution. At some point, you're not going to be able to do it, and then your security is gone. All of a sudden, well, everything I worked for, everything I did, is like shifting sand beneath your feet. So we have to learn that our security is found in Christ and Christ alone, that God is the ultimate source of of our security. If you're finding your security primarily in anything else before God, then you are setting yourself up for a life of insecurity, a life of disappointment, a life where you're just wondering when are things going to fall apart. And that's not a way to live. That's not the way God wants us to live. But when we find our security in Christ and Christ alone, it brings with it a great sense of peace. This is what the psalmist wrote. 
He said, I go to bed and sleep in peace because, Lord, only you make me secure. Only you bring me safety. Only you are the one that regardless of what happens, regardless of what life throws at me, what people say, what people do, what happens, no demon in hell, no angel in heaven, nothing can threaten my security because I found my security in you and you alone. That's what God wants for us, and yet it's so difficult for us to camp out in that reality because we want to find our security in so many different things. But what we have to learn is that God isn't, um, he's not wanting us to not have joy in those other areas of life, not to, to, to build those things. You should, you should work to have a, a financial um, security. You should work to have, uh, find security in your relationships, be loyal, be dedicated, be committed. You should work for all those things. But don't anchor yourself to all those things because if you do, you're going to think that you're the source of your security. They're the source of your security. So what you need to do is you need to begin to uh, think in a completely different way. So Paul, we mentioned Paul earlier, and he, um, he said something that's incredible because when you begin to anchor your security to Christ, to God, and he's unshakable, then even the greatest, most difficult things that we can imagine begin to diminish, right? Those things that make us the most insecure. So if I say to someone, what's the, what's the worst that would happen? If you go and you do this, what's the worst that could happen? Most people's response is, well, I would die. Like if, if I go on this, you know, uh, uh, I know people that are scared, scared to death of flying, right? It's just like the thought of getting an airplane is terrifying to them. So what, what, what's the worst that would happen if you got on a plane? Well, I would die. Okay. That, that is the great insecurity of our lives. What if I die? What if they die? Then what am I going to do? But this is what Paul says about death. When we anchor our security to Christ, if I live, it will be for Christ. I am anchored to him. And if I die, I will gain even more. When we anchor our security to the eternal God, even those things that terrify us the most, that bring the most insecurity, because nobody knows what happens. I mean, we, we know what the Bible teaches, but we don't know experientially what it's like when we breathe our last and step from this life into the eternal. We've never experienced it. You only experience it once. Somebody says, I, I, got, I went bankrupt. You could talk to someone who's went bank, gone bankrupt and built up a, a, another fortune, made another million dollars, has, has recaptured their, their financial uh, stability, all those kind of things. You could talk to someone who's gone through a devastating divorce and they've rebuilt their life. You could talk to someone who's lost a loved one and they've moved on. But you can't talk to someone who's died and said, what, what was that like? So it, it is so unsettling because we don't know what that experience is ultimately going to be like. So it makes us feel very insecure. But Paul says, listen, I, I know that. But if you anchor yourself to Christ, if you live for him, even death doesn't bring insecurity. And you can take that truth and you can plug anything into it. If you live for Christ, even if you lose your finances, you don't lose your security. If you live for Christ, even if you lose your spouse, you don't lose your security. If you live for Christ, even if you lose your home, 
You don't lose your security. That is what God wants for us, that we are so focused on living for him with an eye on the eternal that the temporal things, although they hurt and all, although they're difficult, they don't threaten our security. So later on, Paul writes uh, in that same letter to the Philippians, and he's talking and he's saying, listen to me, I, I used to be a person who put security in themselves. I had every reason to feel secure because of who I was, what I did, what I accomplished. And he lists all these things out. I was, um, I was uh, pious. I, I, I kept the law in such a way that no one could even point out anything that I did wrong. I had the right background. I had the right education. I had the right experiences. I said the right things. I did the right things. I was secure in myself. I did everything right. I had all the security I ever needed. And then, he says, everything changed when I came to faith in Jesus Christ. Because when I came to faith in Jesus Christ, I realized everything that I thought I had my security based in was nothing. It was garbage. It was worthless. It was not really going to get me to where I wanted to be. The only thing that was going to get me to where I wanted to be and sustain me through everything that life was going to bring was my relationship with God in Jesus Christ. That was my ultimate source of security. So he says, all those other things, I don't even count them as valuable. I have no security in them anymore. And then he goes on and says, not only in those things, but in everything, everything in life, I realize there is no security in. The only thing I find security in is God and knowing him more and more and more and more. And then he ends with this. He says, all I want is to know Christ and to experience the power of his resurrection. All I want to do is grow in my relationship with Jesus because when I do that, I am more and more secure and I am so certain that as I grow in that relationship that my future is secure so that when this life ends, and it will end, I know that the resurrection is waiting for me. So we don't need to fear the uncertainty of death. We don't need to fear the uncertainty of things in life. We don't need to fear the uncertainty of all that life throws at us, of relationships. We can be secure in an unchanging, eternal God. In other words, insecurity fears the uncertainty of death. So many of us are insecure because we fear the uncertainty of death. What happens at the end of this thing? But security rests on the certainty of resurrection. If you are anchored to Christ, even death shouldn't make you afraid. If I live, I'm living for Christ. If I die, it's even better. If I go through life and I lose everything, that's okay. I'm serving God. I don't, my, my security isn't shaken because I have a view on the eternal. That is the key to living a life secure in Christ. You have to change what you look at. And it's not easy. It's an ongoing process. But part of what helps, if you're going through things, if you're facing trials, if you're going through struggles, if your health is failing you, and you say everything seems to be insecure and, and just, just kind of falling apart around me, my foundation is crumbling. Okay, if your foundation is crumbling, your foundation isn't Christ. Because he doesn't, crumble. He is a rock on which we build everything. So what you have to do is say, I'm looking at the wrong things. My security is found in the wrong things. I'm secure in Christ. And more than that, I am a citizen of heaven. 
See, if our view is eternal, then we're, what we're living for has to be eternal. So in Philippians, Paul also writes this, our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly wait for a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our citizenship is in heaven. What does that mean? It means that we really have to orient our way of thinking that says this life is not the end goal. The world around us can be uncertain. I can be certain. The world around us can fall apart, but my life won't fall apart because this life is not the end. Now, please hear me. Knowing that you're a citizen of heaven because you have a relationship with God and Jesus Christ is not a badge to wear around that says, I'm better than you. Look, I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm more righteous. I'm more holy. I'm smarter. I'm better than you. Listen, it means that God has left us here for a reason. You're a citizen of heaven. Your life is secure. Things are going to happen. Accusations are going to be made. Stones are going to be thrown. Powers and principalities and rulers are going to come against you. But you are secure. But you're here now for this time, for a season, in this season, for a, a specific reason. And what is that? It's to share the love of Jesus with others, to fulfill the Great Commission to tell them about the love of Jesus and to show them the love of Jesus in real, tangible ways. And if you walk around saying, listen, you're not as righteous as me. I'm a citizen of heaven. That's not going to bring love into their hearts. What we need to do is say, I can live telling people about the love of Jesus. And if they reject me, if they hate me, if they slander me, if they point the finger of accusation at me, it doesn't matter. Because that is just temporary. I am living for the eternal. So Peter writes this. Peter says, since your real home is in heaven, I beg you, I beg you, I plead with you, I conjole you to keep away from the evil pleasures of this world. They are not for you, for they fight against your very souls. Don't look at the temporal things and be dragged away by them. Focus on the eternal. And then he says, now be very, 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 very careful how you behave among your unsaved neighbors. Be mindful of how you talk to those who aren't of the faith. Be mindful of those who are not yet citizens of heaven. Be mindful of your interactions with them. Don't go around browbeating them, making them feel bad about themselves. Be very careful how you do that. Why? Because even if they are suspicious of you, if they talk against you, if they hurl accusations against you, if they do all manner of things, it doesn't matter because at some point, you may, you just may lead them to faith so that they will end up praising God for your good works when Christ returns. So that is the point. If we live oriented with a mind and on the eternal, all of a sudden the things of this world don't feel so threatening. And we can live saying, I can do everything that's in my power to help share the love of Jesus, regardless if they are suspicious of me, regardless if they talk against me, regardless if they say things and do things about me and to me, to my friends, to my church, about my relationship with God, about my beliefs, all that stuff doesn't matter. Because if I am careful with my interactions with them and I fulfill the Great Commission, all of a sudden, I don't just live for eternity for my sake. I am living for eternity for theirs. And, all, and that changes everything. So what does it mean? It means that we have to get to the point where we realize that life is shaking. 
this world is unstable. We will face some things and go through things, but God's kingdom is eternal and his security is unshakable. Listen, all you need to do is take a step back and look at the world around you. And you can see, not based on what what people want to tell you. People will tell you all kinds of things. I'm secure. I know who I am. I don't have any. Read between the lines. If you step back and read between the lines of the world that we live in, you see people who are desperate to mask their feelings of insecurity. Just, just Just look at social media. What? I mean, look at Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. You don't see a real picture on there. I mean, they have TikTok filters. People are make-believe because they're so insecure about their, how they look, about how they present themselves, about their body image. So they diet and they exercise and they put on all these filters to say, this is who I am, but it's not who they are. It's, they're trying to hide the insecurity of how they feel about themselves. There are people who are so insecure about their financial wherewithal that they will get into debt. They will drive up consumer debt to the point where it is untenable. They can't even sustain it because they want to say, look what I have. They they, they will not be generous. They'll not give to God because they want to build a financial nest egg. They'll, They'll be so driven to pursue wealth because they're insecure about their, their poverty growing up. You look at, look at um, you know, all, all kinds of things. When you look at it, you see, you see this insecurity that rears its head all the time. Someone is insecure about their education. So they become an online expert. They know everything. I mean, they will argue every point on every uh, thread out there because they read an article somewhere and watched a YouTube video. So they, they've lived in an echo chamber, but they've, they've got all the answers. They will, they will fight tooth and nail to prove they're right even when they're wrong because they're insecure that they, they, they may not know everything that they think they know. We try in mass. Is it any wonder with all the insecurity that runs rampant in our culture why there is so much anxiety and stress? People are stressed out, anxiety ridden. And what do we do? We run to things to hide that. So we try and fill the void. Drugs, alcohol, eating, sex, you name it, we try and do something to fill the anxiety and the stress that we feel. And I believe that so much of it at the root is our feelings of insecurity. And so what we need to do is say, I'm not going to live that game anymore. I am going to live a life that is anchored to the security of God because his kingdom is eternal and his security is unshakable. And when I anchor myself to that, all the things of this world begin to diminish. Your security has to, has to, has to, has to be found in Christ, not in anything else. And if you would stop and say, I have found my security, I I look for my security in other things, then at some point, if it's the things of this world, you will be disappointed. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now. God, I'm asking that you would begin to show us in our hearts, in the deep part of who we are, those areas, those places, those things that we have uh, tied our security to. God, forgive us. I don't know if it's a sin, but God, forgive us because it's gonna hurt us. It's gonna damage us. It's going to wound us. It's going to keep us 
from living the life that you want us to live. A life that's focused on the life to come, not on this life. God, a life that cares more about the eternal than the temporal. A life that cares about reaching people for you, not what that means for my life. So God, I'm asking that you would help us to change our perspective, that we would know that we are secure in Christ and in Christ alone. So I'm just going to ask, as you're just in a time of prayer, just begin to ask, God, show me. Show me if there's any place where I have found security outside of you. Now, for some of you, it starts with what we said at the very beginning, turning to God and saying, I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. You can't find that eternal security in God without a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That's where it starts. And so for some of you here this morning, it means being brutally honest, saying, I've never really started that relationship with God. I've attended church. I've gone through the motions. I'm religious. I know the Bible, but I've never really surrendered my life. I've never really said I am, am I've made mistakes and I've messed up and I've hurt people and I've hurt myself and I've never really come to God and said, I am so, so, so very sorry. Will you please forgive me? Will you take away all my sins? Will you make me new? When you do that, your security becomes anchored to God. So if you would say, I've never done that. I've never placed my faith in Jesus Christ. And if I raised my hand right now, people would be shocked because they think you're a Christian. You're in church all the time. You read the Bible, but you know it's not real because you've never taken that step. So if that's you here with every eye closed, I'm just asking you, just raise your hand. Say, I want to I give my life to God once and for all. I'm tired of playing games. I don't care what people think. I just, I want to make this, I want my security to rest in God and God alone. Here's what I'm going to ask. If you raise your hand or not, if, you, if you're joining us online, you can click the I'm giving my life to Christ button that's in the chat right now. But if everyone would just repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you now and I give you my life. Please forgive me for everything I've done, the way I've hurt others, the way I've hurt myself, the way I've hurt you, the sins I've committed, and the sins I will commit, take them all away. I give you my life, and I receive new life in Christ. The old is gone, and the new has come. Fill me now with your spirit, that I could live for you, I could tell others for you, and I can live secure in Christ. It's in his name I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. If you prayed that prayer, you are part of God's family and we want to celebrate with you. And so when we finish up here, please come forward. Let someone know we want to help you take those next steps in faith and following Jesus Christ. If you prayed that prayer online, click the follow up button and we will be in touch with you and help you as well. But now I'm going to ask if everyone would stand to their feet. We're going to continue to celebrate God. Now during this time, we're going to sing a few songs, but if you would say, I am, I have anchored my security. I'm a Christian, but I've placed my security in temporal things, in my relationships, in stuff, in myself, in my own ability, in my own ingenuity. I just want to invite you. There's going to be prayer teams up here. They would love to pray with you and for you. There'll be some folks on either side. You could come, let them pray with you. 
maybe for you, you just say, I just want to hang out with God for a little bit. You could do that at your seat, but you could certainly come up front. Just, just hang out with God. Say, change me, change me, change me. I believe when we ask him to change us, he'll change us. So now as we sing these songs, allow God to do a great work in your life.